our song. Welcome to Homemaker Chic, where we are rescuing the art of homemaking from the ever-so-daily grind in fabulous, juicy red lips mm-hmm. and absolutely no denim jumpers. I am your host, Angela Reed of Parisian Farm Girl, and I am joined by the belated birthday girl, <laughs> Shay Elliott of the Elliott Homestead. Or, hey, or early birthday girl, if you ask Angela. Yeah, so that was a fail. <laughs> and she went on Instagram and wished her best, bestie a happy birthday a day early. <laughs> I was just trying to cover all my bases. Okay, it's a really busy time. It's Blur's Day. What it's is even happening? Who knows what day it is? It could have been my birthday. Know. Today's episode is brought to you by American Blossom Linens. We are talking about Texas homegrown, 100% organic cotton sheets. And I was talking with the owner, Janet, the other day, and she loved Shay. She loved our episode uh, last week where we mentioned fast fashion and just gave me the great analogy of it's the same with sheets. If we're going and just buying cheap sheets that get all nubby and get holes in the, you know, the fitted sheet and have to be replaced once a year, twice a year, it's going right into the landfill. There's not a lot of recycling there. So with your beautiful American Blossom Linen sheets, you're going to have Quality made in the USA sheets. They get softer with each washing. They're modern, vintage. You should visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com and use the discount code HomemakerChic20 for 20% off just for listening to the show. Yes. And today's episode is also brought to you by the fabulous Jovial Foods team. Now, this was a company we've talked about them before run by husband and wife, Carlin Rodolfo. And I got to say, their business is going crazy right now with all of this sourdough bread baking. Uh, there's a lot of beautiful einkorn loaves out there circling on social media. So if you're making them with some of Jovial Foods products, make sure you tag us. We would love to see because Jovial is a company that really strives off excellence and really has highlighted this ancient variety of wheat, one of the oldest varieties that we know of. It has a very weak gluten, so our bodies can digest it very easily, even if you have some gluten sensitivities. And they've converted this to all different types of flours and pastas, really wonderful Italian olive oils, einkorn snacks, and the top-rated gluten-free pasta line, which is now available at Costco, by the way, at least in the Northwest it is. It is. I just saw that. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. You must try this flour because the flavor is so delicious. It'll make your breads and baked goods that much more fabulous. So make sure to go visit them at jovialfoods.com. Let them know that we sent you and get to baking. This is exciting. It is exciting for you guys. I, on the other hand, lost my einkorn. You lost it? Shay, I don't know what my problem is. (laughs) I think somebody's trying to gaslight me, quite frankly. I'm feeling like a little weirded out by this. The other day I went to bake and I knew I had just a little bit left. I have another bag on order. I'm hoping it comes soon. And I couldn't find the tub. I keep them. I keep all my flowers and, you know, lentils and everything in white food tubs. Yeah. A lot of times I'll keep them behind that curtain under my sink in my kitchen so I can just reach down and grab them. Otherwise, they're in the cooler. I can't find the einkorn tub anywhere. I'm looking in the garage. I'm looking in the cooler. I'm looking in the basement. It got to the point where I was looking in the most ridiculous places. All I could think of was that, you know, sometimes Junior will grab a tub to use it as a footstool and he'll drag it around the house. I was just looking everywhere. I haven't refreshed my sourdough. I finally (laughs) found it outside in my summer kitchen. 
I have no idea. What? So I found it yesterday. I like detail mopped my floors. I got all my tubs wiped off because they were gunky on the top. And I go to refresh my sourdough a few hours later. I can't find it again. (laughs) (laughs) I say, I don't understand. It is labeled. I'm very anal retentive. It's labeled with a label maker. Einkorn all purpose. I can't find it. So as soon as we're done recording today. I have to find my poor starter. It, I've got it like in the refrigerator. Like, okay, don't do anything. Just yeah, wait till yeah. I get to you. It's so oh, pathetic. My kids funny. are like, mom lost the einkorn again. <laughs> so last night we made, uh, we made pasta and I made it with just King Arthur. I tell you what, hit me like a brick. Oh, I'm just not it's used to terrible. it anymore. I know. Oh my goodness. No, listen, when you get used to baking with einkorn, it flour does not, Regular flour does not sit in your stomach the same way. Like you said, it it feels like a brick in your it, stomach. It, just, it felt like it landed. Yeah. I'm like, somebody get me the Terrazyme. Yeah. Because, yeah. Somebody asked wow. us that on Instagram, actually, because they said, I've heard this has less gluten. I'm like, no, 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 no. It has a weak gluten. A right. weak gluten. So when you're learning to bake with it, it actually, there's a little bit of a learning curve involved. But what I love about what Carla's done is there's so many videos on YouTube that she's done. It's just getting your dexterity with this new dough because we have bred wheat to be so incredibly, uh, to have such incredibly strong gluten. That's how we get, you you know, those loaves you see on Instagram where people are like slicing and doing like pictures in them with the razor blades and you know what, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The only ways, the only reason that they can do that is because of the gluten structure of modern wheat. For sure. No one was doing that a couple hundred years ago or even a hundred years ago. (laughs) Self-portraits. Exactly. 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 (laughs) Not quite the same thing. So. Oh, my God. It's so good. And also uh, shameless plug here. If you guys are are new to sourdough, um, I want you to head on over to my YouTube channel. I did a video a couple of weeks ago on keeping a dry sourdough starter because you mentioned uh having to feed your starter this way. You only have to feed it maybe once a week. If you're, if you're baking a lot, mm-hmm. I've had mine go for weeks and weeks. So it's a lot easier to keep a sourdough starter like this than some of the older ways. So check it that out. It is. It's a good shameless plug. People should see that. Video. It's helpful. It's really good. It's and helpful. very helpful for right now. The problem is I now have 160 emails in my inbox on maybe specific questions that people are still, you know, they're still working oh. through. Okay. I'm on day this, I'm on day that. <laughs> like I can't do this. <laughs> oh no. You need like a, a oh. FAQ sheet like, uh, attached to the video. That's or something. What, yeah. That is what I need. Oh, we should, no, we should plug our YouTube channels. Cause I know we've been getting a lot of new listeners. So I think the, the beginning of the show, like the first round of listeners, they were our longtime friends, but I know people are finding us hmm. via, Google and Apple. And so for sure, check out Shay's YouTube channel. If you'd like to get a visual on what she's describing, the Elliott Homestead, and you can check out mine, Parisian Farm Girl, both mm-hmm. on YouTube. That'll kind of give you yeah. some some visual reference to although, what we're referencing. Although, oh no. When we did our Gird Your Loins Karen episode, uh-huh. we got I got quite a few messages from people that were saying, I should have just stuck to your YouTube channel. And not listen to you talk. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> so, just warning people, you might like one mode of communication more than the other. <laughs> Stop. I'm not apologizing. 
<laughs> okay, let's move on to our love comment of the week. Stay in the love. That's pocket, right, Shay. Stay there with Oglesby O'Hanna. Yes, on Instagram. Quote, needed this as I was so confident going into this year's gardening season only to feel like I'm failing. Nevertheless, I shall gird my loins and march forward with fortitude and grit. I will be a fabulous gardener one day, and these failings will teach me. Knowing that you ladies have failed gives me confidence. Sadly and oddly, (laughs) this was the perfect comment. (laughs) There's fortitude, there's grit, there's gird your loins. (laughs) Right. She's got all the gardening optimism words there. I actually thought when I first read it, I thought she said famous gardener. And I was like, get it, girl. (laughs) You're going to be a famous gardener. Yeah. I loved um, it. Thanks for we, sharing. We didn't that. even really even touch on all the fails. I, I have to tell you, Shay, my I'm just going to wave the white flag of surrender on my Snapdragons. Oh, something is wrong in my greenhouse. I don't know if it's the uh, the planting medium that I used this year. Something is wrong. I just it's just everything is sad and tiny and not growing. Everything, and not just the snaps. I would say like 70 percent of my plants. So I don't know. I ordered two different companies of that Koya stuff, the coconut. That was mm-hmm. what I did my seed starting in. And I don't know if one package was just bad. I don't know because things are like yellow. They're not even a real green like color that a plant should be. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. I just am. That means that they're out of nutrients. That's what Monty said the other day. If it's green. Yeah, so I think maybe one of the one of the two, you know, it's the kind where you comes really compressed and then you pour the water on it and expands. Yeah. Maybe one was just a bad lot because I have stuff that's just trays right next to each other. One will be fine and one will be bad, but the, you know, could you fertilize it? I don't know. I mean, would it be worth trying like some sort of weird fish emulsion or? Well, I have seaweed. I have liquid or seaweed. seaweed. I, I would try like it. A, What's it going to do? Kill them? Yeah, right. Because at this point they're not. I would try it's it. It's not going to, not going to go. Yeah. Oh, that's so sorry. Yeah. I mean, but that is a good idea. I didn't think of fertilizing something so young and tender, but I do. I could even dilute it. Well, a heavy. A of liquid seaweed, yeah. So. A heavy nitrogen fertilizer mm-hmm. is just green growth. You'd have plenty of time for it to work through that before you need to worry about yeah. fruiting for the most part. Okay. <sighs> right. On that note. On that note. <laughs> Today's. We had a delicious Bordeaux with dinner last night. Um, I don't remember the name of it. It was like Chateau. Oh, gosh. The, our guest was teasing me that it was Chateau Cadillac. <laughs> no, not quite from Bordeaux. <laughs> but what are you sipping today? Well, I will tell you. Uh, well, first up, today's what you're sipping segment is brought to you by Dry Farms Wine. This is important that we say this because I get so many messages from people like, where, where do you buy these? Where do you buy these? Where can I get good wine? Where can I get wine that's not going to make me feel terrible or give me a Someone headache? just messaged me on Instagram <laughs> yesterday. She's like, fine. Fine. I'm in. She's cooking community, the sheets, the flour, the wine club. Like I'm in. I'm I'm all Listen, in. There is a cool reason girl. that we have chosen these certain things to share with you. Um, so Dry Farms is a wine subscription company. And I love them because they go find these little boutique organic biodynamic farms that would never see the light of day otherwise, especially in America. 
and they share them with us. So they come from all over the world. They can be from South Africa or Italy or France or Germany or Austria, but they're low sugar, no additives, lower alcohol wines. And I love it. I love supporting this company because their wines are so clean and so delicious, so unfussy. And I I am kind of warning people when you start for some people, especially if they've been drinking certain wines, especially certain American wines, like kinds you could get at the grocery store, your taste buds are going to have to adjust. Wouldn't you say, Ange? They're so, I don't know. This is going to sound really lame, like a really lame adjective, but they just seem they're more honest wines. There's not a lot Mm -hmm. to hide behind as it were. So. Well, I love the analogy you gave a few weeks ago about, you know, when (laughs) this is gross wine, but like yellowtail or something, you know, like to get these, the bottles of wine barefoot and things like that, that you see at the grocery store to have each bottle and each year consistently taste the same. And that is not how plant life works. Mm -mm. That's not, that's not how things work. That has to be that's a manipulated situation. So I do think like honest is mm-hmm. a great mm-hmm. adjective. Mm. Well, thank you. I feel you less stupid so for saying that. Welcome. Um, so I am drinking Le Blason de Panay. Half Spanish. De, de, de. Panay. <laughs> um, it has a pretty fleur-de-lis sort of thing on the front. Ooh, you see it. it is pretty. See? Oops. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's from the Loire region of France, which a lot of good wines come out of this region. And it's 100% Cab Franc. So um, we talked about, you know, they test, Dry Farms actually tests all of their wines. So this wine has, it's a, you know, a red Cab Franc and it is 12.5% alcohol. Mm-hmm. Most standard wines, and I would have to check this, it would depend on the on the brand, but they're around like four, they can be like 14 and a half percent. They can go as high as 14. Yeah, yeah. Pretty high. And it also has, they lab test it for residual sugar, which I think is really cool because how mm-hmm. often do people blame the sugar? Oh, and I have a headache the next morning because of the sugar. This has 0. 0.3, 0. 0.3, 0.3 grams per liter of sugar left over mm. after fermentation, which is basically almically nothing. Right. <laughs> Which basic, which all that means is that the yeast has eaten the sugar and converted it to alcohol. And there's no sugar left other than 0.3 grams per liter. So that's why you can drink it and not feel terrible. But back to this wine, it is, you know, it's interesting. I looked this wine up and they're like, perfect for your summer picnic. The one thing I said to Stu when I was drinking this wine was I would never drink this in the summertime. Which is like, go figure. I don't know what I'm talking about. Was it just because of like a cold meats and cheese pairing? Why did they say that? I don't know. It's just, it's a very jammy wine. Mm -hmm. It tastes very jammy, dried fruit-esque. And like, that's not what I want in the summertime. I want almost like that slightly vinegar-esque, sharp sort of red wine Mm. in the summertime. So I don't really know why they say that. But I, you know, it was a rainy day. So I'm drinking it because it's raining. And... Say lovey. Fabulous. It's been raining like crazy. I know. Everywhere. Finally, we have the sunshine. (sighs) I'm glad we're recording today because my internet hasn't even been working properly for days. Mm. We just had winds. My children thought the trees were going to bend in half. It was just 
windy and rainy and so dreary. And now the sun is shining. Mm-hmm. And tulips are going bonkers. Primrose is going bonkers. Mm. So it's game. Yeah, on. baby. Yeah. Yeah. Once we finish recording, I'm going back out to tear it up out there some more because it's just I actually said to my garden out loud the other day, I was like, I need you to slow down like you're growing too fast. Stuff is coming and going so quickly. Like our tulips have already come and gone. Mm -hmm. Our lilacs have come and gone. Our grape hyacinth has come and gone. It's I'm like panicking a little bit. Like it's just going too fast. You wait all winter and then it whoosh, just like a wisp. You know, poof. poof. Mm-hmm. Lars is so beautiful. I couldn't take it last night. Mm. We were out working in the orchard and getting the ground tilled up for potatoes. And I said, Joel, we have to have company. Mm-hmm. I can't take it. It's been so long since we did enter any entertaining. So we had a family over last night and you're allowed to do that, was, right? As long as it's under a certain amount of people. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't know if it's frowned upon. Yeah, I mean, but 10 people, we were more than 10 people because, <clears throat> hello, there's eight of us. Yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> whatever. We were outside. We were outside. Okay. Yeah. I'm not judging you. I'm not judging me either. <laughs> but I got to use my summer kitchen for the first time. Oh. It was just wonderful. Which is where I do I do all my cooking from like now until Halloween. Okay. Tell me about this because we have a, I'll do, I'll do very broad air quotes here, a summer kitchen (laughs) that I love. I do love cooking outside as well, but I find just, I find it annoying to have to constantly go back and forth between carrying stuff. Like Mm -hmm. I finally, after in my entire adult life, these last three months have gotten everything put in my kitchen in a spot that makes sense. That's not hodgepodge duct tape together, you know, but then if I took half of that and took it outside of the summer kitchen, how do you do that? Well, I hang my cat. I have, I hang my cast. I bring my cast iron out for the summer. So I hang it on hooks. Okay. Off of the counter, like the counter that I have. And I keep silverware out there and usually a couple knives. And then I bring the rest out. So whatever I'm going to be making like I have a big wicker tray. Okay. Like it's like a giant basket lid and I just load it up with everything so that I'm not going back and forth. Okay. The whole time. But like yeah. we made the pasta out there and everything. I brought my uh, like drying rack, you know, mm-hmm. the old drying racks they use for yeah. air dry your clothes. That's what I used to dry my pasta on. Yeah. So we just, it was wonderful. Oh, that's so I just keep a few extra nice. pots and pans down below the counter and the cast iron. Okay. And yeah. Can you post a picture of that? That we could share on our Instagram because I, I know I've seen it, but I don't think I've seen it this year, like situated and every year things are changing a little bit because you guys are still really getting settled and yeah, it's really new. I mean, we did it like late in the season last year or mid season, yeah but it just has three burners in a sink. And I told Joel, like we had so much going on on the counter space last night. I said, I think we need to L shape this, get another palette and L shape it because I have an old piece piece of butcher block. And I think we'll kind of cut it and slide it in. So I actually have a proper cutting area mm-hmm. because that's what I really lack is I, that's what bothers me is I do end up bringing out the cutting boards. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I think if I use this extra piece of butcher block, that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. It's so nice for entertaining for one. It's nicer for people to be outside. I think 
we can feel sometimes when we go over to somebody else's house that we're imposing, especially if you've got a lot of kids, you're like, we're Mm -hmm. here (laughs) for sure. Hurricane Reed is in the house. Exactly. (laughs) Yep. But when you're outside and the kids are running around and adults just have a little bit more space to be, it just can Mm -hmm. be, it can be more relaxing when you have company over. I love I think that. So. And it's com- it's comfortable. And something when I'm entertaining and, you know, I, I think that's maybe a heavy handed word for what we did last night, but it still is hospitality and entertaining. Um, I like there to be some some novelty aspects to it. Right. And I think people find the outdoor kitchen very novel. Mm-hmm. They, they enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's fun for them. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, like when I turn on the faucet, it's just a French drain. It just drains into the pea gravel yeah. down below. And they're like. Oh, well, that was easy. I'm like, yeah, anybody can do this. It's yeah. $20 Amazon faucet hooked up to a hose. Yeah. Boom. Summer kitchen. <laughs> okay. I have this gorgeous concrete sink. It's uh, you do. two big you, basins. Yeah. Craigslist baby. I think Amen. I paid like 50 bucks for it. I would pay it a hundred times Stop it. Over. You did. It's beautiful. That's. Um, I'll share that picture of that too. But we, okay. we have never hooked it up to water because of where it's situated. Sort of awkward. Mm-hmm. And I was this close if I would have had the soil to turning it into a planter. Because I'm like, this would be so pretty. It's just like this elevated, monstrous mm-hmm. sink. But we do have our burners out there. We ha- and we also have our grill out there. And now you're really making me want to hook it up. Because if we had water out there, it would be much more convenient. Yeah, it's just fun. And then you can at least like... Rinse your hands, hands and, off or something. Yeah. Know, yeah. Okay. Mm. I'll do it. You could do half of it in planter. I know. It would be cool, though. It would be a really cool planter. You have enough plants. Just I do have a, a lot sink. of plants. I do have a lot of plants. It's a beautiful sink. But um, so that outside eating area, we originally had this big table. And you guys, we will post picture this these so you can see what we're talking about. If you haven't, you know, if you don't follow our Instagram or YouTube, so you probably have no idea what we're talking about. We have a courtyard. Our, our house sort of goes around this little area and we had a big table and benches there for people to eat on thinking when we entertain, this is where people will want to go. But what I found was having a big table like that actually hindered the organic movement of people, you know, it just said, OK, here's where you sit and here's where the lines are. So I took it out and I put it on the other side of our house and I just brought in all my old hodgepodge chairs that I've been collecting from garage sales and thrift stores and Craigslist for years. Uh-huh. So there was a couple of rocking chairs and oh, like a wicker bench and another wicker chair I just gotten off Craigslist and I just hodgepodge them together. Wouldn't you know, it is the most popular place on the property. And I think it's just people feel like they can move stuff if Stu's out grilling you know, whoever we have over, the they'll just kind of pull up chairs and hang out and drink their beer while he's doing it. It's just really casual. And I just thought, you know what? I need to remember this. Like seating makes a really big difference. We've got the lights strung up above. Lighting mm-hmm. makes a big difference. What kind of seating do you guys have? What have you found? I have, well, we, we have a lot of uh, old like iron furniture mm-hmm. for curbside plundered mm-hmm. iron furniture. So like a couple settees and a couple end tables, nice rockers that you can just like really chill mm-hmm. and bounce Love around. Love the rocker. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's kind of right next to the area, but I can never find cushions for them. The cushions, cushions are, are expensive. So, 
They're so freaking expensive. They're so expensive. It is barbaric. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why they have to be so expensive. And they all end up mildewing. It's not like they're made of golden fleece. I mean, <laughs> golden fleece. oh, this is Sombrella. Uh, it drives me nuts. Uh, and they're always in the most vulgar colors in the garden. Hey, here's army green and orange banana leaves. I was just going to say tropical <laughs> banana leaves. <laughs> Why? Why is this necessary? I know. <laughs> so um, I actually have like red ones that I found from last year. I was going to maybe try to paint them or do something. You can paint them. They're really good quality, but I was going to try to paint them. But anyway, so I have like a little living room-ish area that has like the settees and and tables and stuff. And then right next to that, I scored. It's kind of ugly. It needs to be painted, but it's so great for our family. A cafeteria table Mm -hmm. with all the uh, like round chairs. And I love that. Joel keeps replacing the plastic as they break and putting wood ones and then a giant piece of barnwood on the top. Yeah. So it's not my favorite. It's not what I really want. I would rather have just a proper huge harvest table. But the problem is, though, burn sale, it was really affordable and it seats. We can put eight at the cafeteria seats and then two on each end. So it easily seats 12 and we've put 14 at it and it hasn't even been uncomfortable. Wow. Mm-hmm. The problem with tables like that is you don't want to go buy a super nice harvest table and then have it outside, especially where you are with like all the rain and the moss and the mold and stuff. Stop. <laughs> Listen, it's a trade off. OK, because you know how I feel about moss. It makes my heart flutter. We don't get moss like that here. Not where I am at. If you go 10 minutes up into the hills a little bit more, there's lots of it. But. Like mm-hmm. I, I could leave cushions out and they would never mold ever. <laughs> it just, it's well, like, you don't even, it's just so dry. That's what hardly. I mean. It's so yeah. dry here. Um, other than right now it's been raining, but, um, it's just, yeah, it's totally different. Actually, we had the sun porch off our house in Alabama and I put a bunch of stuff out there cause I didn't have anywhere else to put it. And I mm-hmm. ended up throwing it all away when we moved because it had all molded to the point of no coming, no return. Yeah, sick. I mean, I, I had no idea. Upholstered chair out outside. I have an upholstered chair out there, mm-hmm. and I drug it out before winter because I was so tired of it in the house. I had like a spring that kept poking people in in the butt, <laughs> and um, everyone said, "Oh, you're gonna get mice. That's gonna, you know, mm-hmm. to be a mildewed, mousy mess." And it's under the overhang, and it's still sitting there, and it's where we sit to put our shoes and our boots on. It hasn't mm. turned moldy. Mine yet. did. My upholstered one, I put out side last year did but i don't think i mean we get humid but we're not like not like chicago humid okay not like chicago and humidity okay it's not quite the same yeah 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 wicker's good um what i love about wicker is you could or or most outside furniture is you could put cushions on it if you wanted or you could put a throw blanket on it if you have you know you notice how much you look at weather as a gardener and a homesteader mm-hmm my my phone is finally just like, we'll just tell you every morning what it's going to be because yeah. we'll save you from having to open the app and look. But if you've got, you know, five or seven days of sunshine, then it makes sense to take some throw pillows out there or the like. Yeah. So as long as the weather's good, I always take some throw pillows out, especially if we're going to be having company. Just makes so it feel. throw pillows, not I do. outdoor cushion throw pillows. Yeah, I do. I mean. Okay. They're going to get sun bleached. You know what? I've got four kids. They're going to last for six months anyway. So I'm going right. to have to replace them. <laughs> We're finally uh, rid. We finally don't have any outdoor cats. Oh, so, okay. Which is great <gasps> because they ruin 
cushions. What do they do? They sleep on them. The barn cats don't stay in the barn. They come up to the house okay. and they sleep with their filthy, tick-ridden bodies <laughs> all over my cushions. So gross. I love them. But stay where you belong. Please. <laughs> know your role. Um, know your place. Actually, <laughs> speaking of that, since it's Blur's Day, we could talk about whatever we want. Uh, yesterday was my birthday. Yesterday, mm-hmm. not the day before yesterday, was my birthday. <laughs> and I turned 34, by the way. And I bought myself a cat. Also, when I say I bought myself, I mean, I got it for free. <laughs> I was going to say, who buys a cat? <laughs> I mean, I got you can do that. I got myself a cat. There was a little parking lot action going on. And there's a family that we get our hay from every year. And they live like 40 minutes away up a canyon here. And anyway, they work in town. So it was one of those like, hey, I'll meet you here and passing the cat through the window. And you got the cat. I got the cat. I got the goods. (laughs) Um, Her name is May and I call Mm -hmm. her May baby. And she's so cute. She's teeny, teeny, tiny, has long hair that's part gray, part black, part orange. She's just a ragtag and I love her. And, but we keep our cats for the most part. We keep them inside for about the first three months so that they know here's your ground zero. This is where you belong. Mm -hmm. Get them fixed and get all their, you know, vaccinations and stuff that they need. And then they get to go outside during the day and hunt. And do you, you have, so your cat that's inside, he doesn't Mm -hmm. get to go outside at all. Well, he does. He just escaped this morning. Okay. He's a turd. But he comes back? He comes back. Okay. The problem is he's like, he's actually a pet. He's not a barn cat. Right. He's, he's a pet. Hops. Yeah. He's, we got, he's our kitten that we got exactly last year at this time. Okay. And by got, I mean found out behind the propane <laughs> tank before he got ran so over you, by a lawnmower. So you bought him. <laughs> yeah. We rescued him. Um he was just out there by himself about the size of my hand mm-hmm. or smaller, just precious. And Amelie. Um, and true Amelie fashion. Cat formula yeah. And nursed him. Oh, God bless and, her. And then I'm not a cat person per se. And she named him Hobbs after Calvin and Hobbs because sure. she knew that would seal the, seal the deal. Right. And so. <sighs> oh, my so now gosh. We have a cat. And so this morning, like I was hardening off some plants and sure enough, the door was cracked open just a smidge. Pew! He was gone. He's got some little skanky girlfriend out in the woods Mm. that he just stares at the window waiting for her to appear. And (laughs) yeah, the problem is we don't, you know, we don't want him to be outside because of coyotes. Yeah. And Amelie is extremely sensitive. She's terrified he'll never come back. Right. Is he because we've lost cats like that before? No, because he was due to be fixed right right when we got back from vacation and COVID hit. Yeah. And then the vets said. No, we're not open. Yeah. So that will be really helpful. Yes, I know. That'd be really, that would be really, really helpful. helpful. Uh, when we used I to, mean, if you could DIY that, I would. Seriously. Yeah. When we used to castrate no. bulls, you know, um, mm-hmm. we would always say it changes their mind from blank to grass. You can use an adjective or a word there that rhymes with grass. Okay. <laughs> Super helpful. <laughs> Super, Super helpful because the boys, we had Monsieur Milo for a couple of years and. He was yeah. just, Where is he? he was just, you know, one of those strays that showed up at our house he and he was yeah. so loyal and so sweet he and I so sweet. loved him. And he just was 
not fixed. So he, you know, he wasn't, I didn't know if he was actually somebody's cat. So it seemed weird to fix him, but he would just kind of come and go as he pleased. But anyway, we will fix this cat because I don't want a bunch of kittens. It's just Stu would kill me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It would just be like, we are adults. We can manage this well. But our Evie, she's about a year old now. And I tell you, this cat just, she catches so many rodents. It's disgusting. Georgia came running out of her room the other night. It was like 830 at night. And she's like, there's a mole in my room because Evie will bring her treasures. But sometimes it sounds like Georgia, by the way, <laughs> sometimes she'll forget to kill them. And so Evie oh will just goodness. bring them in and release them in the bedroom. <clears throat> and then Stu has oh, to- like a live. Oh, mole? live. Like, oh, sometimes injured, sometimes really Ew. injured, sometimes not injured at all. Just has been those, are those creepy, like blind Little oh, they're like ant eater looking things, right? They're so gross. Very wind in the willows esque without any of the romance. And very what? Wind in the willows. There's a mole. Oh, yeah. There's a mole oh, yeah, in there. Sure. Um, it's disgusting. This one was particularly damaging because Evie had like eaten off part of its face. It was so gross. Shit. I know. I know. It's horrible. But you guys, but that's what they, they have to do. Destroy- they bring you love offerings. They do. And like half dead love offerings. These moles have destroyed our pasture. Because the lady mm. who lived here before us lived here for like 60 years. And, mm-hmm. you know, after her husband died in the 80s, they didn't do anything to the property. And so things just ran rampant, mm-hmm. including the moles. So they can really, really wreak havoc. I mean, we lost so much of our vegetables to them our first two years here because they just go under the ground and they'll eat off your onions, eat off your carrots, eat off your beets. There was one year where half of my carrot bed overnight was gone. You just pull the top off and it was just the greens. No carrot oh underneath. Oh my gosh. So I don't really care if she eats their face off. Yeah, right. Sorry. Wow. But I'm hoping May can be trained to do the same. Go out in the day, hunt, come back at night, snuggle me. So sweet. Is everything okay there? Can you hear my people? Yes. <laughs> They're in the kitchen. <laughs> There's baby chicks down there. And I think everybody just caught wind that the baby chicks. Oh, arrived. yeah. That'll mm-hmm. do it. Squeals. Of Squeals of joy. dishes. <laughs> you know, it's we don't really have moles. I mean, I have deer. Deer are my biggest problem. Mm. That's a and, hard problem, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a big problem. Yes. But not not really bunnies. Yeah. And yeah, that's about it. Mm. Coyotes and ticks and deer. Oh, my. Coyotes. Those will do it. My lap took my sweet Helen. Never forgive them. Mm. Let's go back to what we were talking about because you had talked about being outside. I do mm. this. I, I don't know why this happens, but I'll be outside gardening, living my best life. And it's always like at 3.30. I'm dead tired. I'm dirty. I'm sweaty and stinky. Gross. My house is disgusting. I'm like, oh, we should have people over. <laughs> same time. A, why? <laughs> the, the days where I'm inside. Um, so I didn't really get to get outside too much yesterday for my birthday because we had gone and got coffee went to the plant nursery and, you know, things were just happening. And I didn't have that same rush of like, we need to have people over. What is it that makes you want to do that? 
for me, I, I think I'm just so happy out there. I'm like, well, surely they would be happy out here. <laughs> surely other people need to partake in my happiness. Oh, uh, I don't yeah. know. I just get this like, you know, you're just like in the zone and you're, I had like my Nina Simone in my pocket. Mm-hmm. I was just rocking out all day yesterday, just feeling all the feels and all the, just so overwhelmed by the beauty and the gratitude of what I was getting to do. It was just like, well, somebody has to be here. Right. Somebody else has to be here to enjoy this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that all the time when I open a bottle of wine from Dry Farms. I'm like, this is so good. Somebody has to drink it with me, but not too much of it because it's mine. But just a little. Just a little. Because it's mine. Because it's mine. Um, Yeah. I was... We didn't have anybody over last night for my birthday supper. My parents stopped by to bring me this really beautiful copper teapot that they got me for my birthday, this old vintage oh. copper teapot. But um, but we made it we still made it really special. It felt like somebody should be here and Stu put a lot of effort into making it feel really special. So, you know, like lighting our candles Mm-hmm. We have this Italian, I call it our Italian tablecloth because it's red and white checkers and oh, it's nice. cloth. Like it's like a little bistro tablecloth. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We put that out. We lit the beeswax candles, you know, and I just have them stuck in wine bottles and jars mm-hmm. with einkorn berries. I used to hold them up or coffee beans or something like that. And we put a bunch, you know, it was funny. You made pasta last night because we, I requested gnocchi for my birthday. It's my it is such a comforting food because, you know, pasta, it's like you put the effort in and you take the time. Well, gnocchi is very much that same way. Mm -hmm. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, it's a potato flour sort of semi-pasta-esque thing. You boil russet potatoes until they're really tender and then put them through a ricer. So it's a really fine, um, you know, mash of potato. Mm -hmm. Two parts russet potatoes, and then one part einkorn flour. But every single piece of gnocchi that you make, you have to roll it out into like the long snakes and cut it into pieces about an inch long. And then you roll it up a fork and you have to roll it a certain way so that your finger... That's why it has the little ridges. Right. You have the ridges on one side and then your finger indentation on the other. And that's to hold sauce. So Mm. every single piece... Somebody is rolling, somebody is cutting, and somebody's then rolling up the fork and putting on the tray. So it's a labor of love. It's like mm-hmm. one of those. It's like handmade, like ravioli. Exactly. It's like crushing and stamping each one. And yeah, it's like we're going to be in the kitchen for a while. We're going to be doing this. Um, but when you sit down to a big bowl of gnocchi, and this one had seared porcini mushrooms and yeah. fried sage leaves and. Oh my gosh. I know. I'm, I'm sorry. For... Fried sage They're like potato my... chips. They're just my happiness. I know. I know. <laughs> They're, They're so, so good. good. Some cream, some Parmesan cheese, some toasted pine nuts. I mean, it was just stupid good. It was so mm. fabulous. Um, but I was sipping, actually. Stu bought me this. I wanted to show you this. So I brought the bottle down to my office. Oh my. So brandy is wine that they've distilled. And taken the alcohol out of. So it's the alcohol love, from the wine. I love brandy. I love brandy as well. Like a really good brandy in a little beautiful yes. glass. Yes. Oh you just goodness. need a teeny bit. I love it. Well, this one is a Remy Martin that he got me, but it's champagne brandy, which from the cognac region. So it's one of those labeling mm-hmm. things. Okay. So 
instead of distilling wine, they distilled champagne, which is sparkling wine from the champagne region. So it's so good. It's hold it so good. Oops. Right on the mic here. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was fabulous. And I just poured it in a little teeny glass, just a teeny little bit and savored it while we made our gnocchi and had our music playing. And it was one of those reminders that (laughs) stuff like my house was a wreck. My house is a wreck right now. (laughs) Like, it's just no good. No bueno. Shay, I mopped my kitchen floors yesterday morning and stopped at the boot room and there is a line of demarcation. Oh, gosh. Yeah. There's a line. Like they look like different flooring. (laughs) (laughs) It's rough. It's garden house. Mm -hmm. But it was this reminder that like you you can't expect things to be perfect. You can't wait for them to be perfect. You kind of have to just make the moment be what it can. And this moment we could make beautiful just by enjoying this cognac and putting on some good music and rolling out the gnocchi and making a total mess in the kitchen with the flour and uh, went to bed happy. You know, spirits were high. I think I think it's one of the main uh, things we want to convey on this show is is that life is going to be chaotic and messy. And as a homemaker, here's these little moments that you get to experience. And mm-hmm. for for me, like you, just having the music and the glass of wine and making the food and the kids are running around and you're creating this little micro atmosphere yeah. within your home. Like that is just to be savored. And last night we're cooking out, you know, cooking outside sounds very romantic and fabulous. It was messy. Yeah. You drop some pasta well, for really what? 15 is messy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have to tell you, confession. I did not make it. My 10 year old daughter made it. Oh, that is awesome. She is Go, so Juliet. freaking amazing because we, I had kind of procrastinated on starting the whole getting ready and it was 10 to five and I'm looking at her. I said, Juliet, really? We should go. I keep like some organic emergency pasta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I said, we just should just use store-bought pasta. We really should. Like if we get in over our heads here, mm-hmm. it's not going to be good. We're just having some people over for dinner not a big deal mom we can't we have to make it like okay she is your daughter the meat and the veg (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you have to make the pasta so she gets the little blue yeah gizmo clamps it onto the table she made three batches like a boss that is so awesome hung it it was perfect that is so I was fabulous. So proud of her. I wanted she just kept trucking. She just kept trucking <laughs> along. She stood there for 45 minutes and made three batches of no help. She knew how to do it. She's like, well, we don't have einkorn, so I'm gonna add an extra egg and I'm gonna add a little olive oil so it moves around a little easier. I'm like, get it. Yeah. What a skill <laughs> to give your children. I was so proud of her. Well, so I proud. I made Georgia cook supper this week, and it is about as fun as pouring acid on your skin. It's just like, you have to. Yes, you have to. I told Stu, this is not going to be one of those situations where the cobbler's son has no shoes. Like, right. Just because I can cook and I love to cook. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to give you the great gift of making you learn how to do this. So I've been giving her my cooking community binders. And I'm like, pick pick a recipe. You get to do this. You're going to make dinner twice a week. You're going to Mondays and Wednesdays. You are going to make it. And I, of course, I'm helping her because she's still getting mm-hmm. her bearings a bit. But um, 
she made these this like massive meatball tray. You know, it was just like she's making the stuff in the food processor, mixing in the meat. And but you don't realize until you go to teach a kid how to cook how many little, especially the way we cook, nothing is portioned yeah. or prepackaged measured. or measured. Like right. It's all I've actually intuition. I've, I've, like like yeah, Juliet, like we're going to add an extra egg because we need going to need the richness because we're mm-hmm. using this normal flour and like or even like getting meat out of the freezer. I'm like, how could I explain to her where the ground beef is? <laughs> or like last month uh, or a few weeks ago, I told my kids, I'm like this week, everybody's going to make a meal. Juju, you're going to do one. Aiden, mm. you're going to do one. Like everybody needs to know. Yeah. Like what it takes for mom to do what she does. And you all need to keep skilling up in the kitchen. Yeah. So. Like you said, where is the meat? Even, hey, if tomorrow is your day, you have to get the meat out right. tonight. You have to know where it you is know, like, because that's part of yeah, making and dinner. You have to know where it is. It's part of making dinner is to go in and to mm-hmm. be able to read the labels and pull out what you need. And again, I mean, I taught them all like all my now they all know uh, a teaspoon of salt. Mm-hmm. They can do it in the palm of their right. hand. I don't have measuring so we just kept, spoons We used for a real teaspoon and I made them like all learn like how to. Yeah. OK, now that's what a real teaspoon is. Now dump it out and try to see how close you could get. We made like a game out yeah. of it. So they'd put it in their palm and then we'd pour it into the teaspoon. And we would try to see who could get the closest. I love that. I love that. That was great. The hardest and part like, is relinquishing control. I think that's harder for some people on this podcast Shut than up. others. <laughs> Maybe the younger crowd. Shut up. <laughs> it is hard. And you know why? It kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier. I have never had a kitchen. It was all rental houses until this kitchen. Mm-hmm. And it, we've been renovating our kitchen for three years now and there's, it's still not quite done. But, you know, when I came back from Italy, for example, like I ripped out a cabinet and threw in a dishwasher and yeah, I have it honed in now where I have my knives here and salt here and this here. It's like everything is where it has to be for the first time in my life. Mm-hmm. And when Georgia came in to cook, supper the other day the first thing that happened was an egg that was meant for meatballs rolled behind the little fridge and cracked behind the stove and i was just like of course no (laughs) we're never gonna get that out but it is it's it's good for me to listen i'm aware of my major character flaws and control in the kitchen is one of those just it is i'm sorry (laughs) it is chalk it down fail well how'd you do Oh, she did great. I mean, she did great. We're just, you know, service can be a hard thing for kids to learn, when, mm-hmm. especially when they've had nine years of being served. Yeah. So um, it's a great opportunity. And I can't think of many better ways to do it than with food because it does. It's like, this is what it takes. It takes remembering to pull the meat out the night before. And it takes you know, making sure that you have the ingredients. So for example, she would go through a lot of recipes and be like, I want to make that. I'm like, well, blackberries aren't in season. So Mm -hmm. we can't make those this week. Or there was a couple others that had a lot of heavy cream in them. I'm like, the cow's not in milk. So -hmm. we don't have that right now. And it's like all of these little tiny things. This is why I'm so tired at the end of the day. All these microscopic decisions and nuances of cooking especially cooking what you're growing. It's, you know, it's a lot to learn. It's a lot for well, a kid to learn. A lot of the recipes, like you said, when they're seasonal, they're just, there's like a little narrow window mm-hmm. and that's it. Yep. And what Juliet will do is she'll get 
she'll, she's my biggest one in the kitchen. Um, they all love to be in the kitchen, but she's the one where like, she would do something every mm-hmm. day. Uh, maybe on me late too, but she'll come and say, okay, here's, here's the recipe. We don't have this. Could I substitute mm-hmm. this? She's always trying to like work out the substitutes, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. But, um, you know, it never quite gets cleaned up the way it should. No, and, it's just the way it is. But I, uh, I just got new, um, olive wood wooden spoons, mm. like trying to really build up a beautiful, I love, I love wooden spoons. They're spoons. so pretty. And mine were just bad. They had just gotten so bad. You know, I don't have a dishwasher. So if there's like a pot that soaks overnight and someone leaves a wooden spoon in it, yep. Ugh, yep. it's gross <laughs> absorbing. And, um, I, so I'm like, okay, these are my kitchen tools. <laughs> yeah. Right. These are my knives and my spatulas that I don't want left in the cast iron. So the tips get melted right, off. Right. So, these are mine, and now these are yours. <laughs> That's a good idea. We're going to differentiate. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. We had to do that with watercolors. George and I have been sitting down. Oh my gosh, she- <laughs> <laughs> we've been sitting down every night from. So our younger three go to bed at seven. She goes to bed at eight. Mm-hmm. Um, we sit down from seven to eight and paint something together. It's kind of our our time together. And <laughs> we always just like these are yours. <laughs> And these Seriously, are mine. I just ordered myself new ones because they've ruined mine. It's just, you know, they, it's, they have to just learn and it's just part of mm-hmm. it. I just don't want you to ruin my, some of my really nice brushes in the meantime. That's all. That's, that's all. all. Yours and mine. It's like hers, his and hers deodorant. There's a reason. Just keep it separate. <laughs> keep it separate. Everybody's going to be happy. I don't want your armpit hair in mine. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> I got enough armpit oh hair my of my goodness. own. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Um, I was painting with the kids the other day and I picked up a color. I'm like, so, and it, the lid was like fermented on. Because <laughs> I don't, I use the squirt tube watercolors. Yeah, I, I use those use. too. So, yeah. I don't have time for all um, that But wiping. it had like a crack on the side. So I'm like, what do we, do we just squeeze this one till it comes out the crack? <laughs> is, that, is that what we do with this one? So I said, that's it. <laughs> I'm getting my own. Because I've shared mine so many times. They're not my own anymore. Right. Yeah. But the brushes, that's where I draw the line. No, those are my mm-hmm. brushes. Those are yeah. yours. Stu bought me this pretty leather, like, roll-up thing for my brushes. So I can tuck them in and roll it up. It's like a giant leather cigar. Mm-hmm. I just hide, oh, nice. hide it. I just hide it. <laughs> I hide so much stuff. Like the <laughs> einkorn flower. <laughs> hide it away. Well, I have something to look forward to. You you mentioned about, uh, you know, your illegal gathering last night. Um, mm-hmm. We are going to have a legal gathering tomorrow because we're going to celebrate my birthday and my friend Jody's 40th birthday. So we are having and hosting an adult only dinner Ooh. tomorrow, Friday. And I'm really excited. So everyone's just going to bring like heavy appetizers, you know, a couple of things. Mm-hmm. And Stu's going to make us it's we are doing a French theme this time. So he's going to make us some French 75s and we have our champagne cognac, which will be perfect. Um, and I can't wait. I'm going to spend That's part of today wonderful. making a little French playlist and I'm going to make those those green onion cream cheese salami roll up that are in your cookbook. I Heck yeah. love those. So they're, the they're so good. <laughs> When you, you can't make enough of them. Yeah. You, you cannot overdo it. Yeah. 
You need a hundred, make a hundred because you can't. Overdo you should it. post that recipe yeah. over on Patreon or take a snapshot of your book or so, of the page in your cookbook okay. or something. But okay, the first time I met Angela listeners, um, I had written an article for her Parisian farm girl magazine that she had back then, which was fabulous, by the way. Um, I had contributed an article. And so she invited me to her launch party. At the time I was living in Alabama, she was living in Chicago. We had $5 or something. And I was like, Stu, I have to go to Chicago. I could, I could meet Angela. And I like in go into your house and I wanted to go so bad, so bad. Jay, it was the best party I've ever thrown. <laughs> Well, you, it's because you made the little green onion and you posted pictures afterwards of those. And I was like, what kind of woman is this? Like, who even thought about this? It's amazing. Oh, so good. So when I do like a party now, those are always on the repertoire because they're so pretty. Yeah. They're so satisfying. They're so easy to make, mm-hmm. stupid easy to make. I make the kids make them. Oh, there you go. So yeah, long as they've washed their hands. Assembly, you get an assembly line, give every kid a knife, every kid a square of cream cheese. Mm-hmm. You give everybody their own so there's no fighting. Yeah. Because you do have to make so many because they're so popular. Yeah, I make the kids yeah. do it. You should tell people what they are. They don't might not know what okay, we're talking so about. Okay, so it's green onion and I always kind of shake them down so they're all like the same mm-hmm. height and chop off the mangy part of the green yeah. but leave the really nice fresh looking stuff. And then I get thin cut salami mm-hmm. and you spread cream cheese on the salami and then wrap it around the white. Well, and you cut the roots mm-hmm. off, obviously, of the green onion. You wrap it around the white, the bottom of the onion. Yeah, it's, it's so simple. It's so That's good. It. It's so simple. And you people go berserk. Mm-hmm. They love yeah. them. That's what I'm making. Mm-hmm. You can fan them out. They're so, They're so I mean, pretty. green on a table. You got to have green on a table. They're so beautiful. Yeah. They're so pretty. Yep. So that's going to be fun. That's what we're going to prepare for tomorrow. I get to iron my linens and bring out extra candles. And I'm just excited because we haven't had this is legal people, by the way, way. or less than 10 people. I'm so excited because we haven't had a party like this in a while. Just a reason. And it's cocktail attire, even though it's just us and our friends. Everybody has to wear cocktail attire. Because, <laughs> because I said, because I said, um, we have this man in our church. He's a longtime friend of mine and he always dresses up for church. He has nice pants, nice shirts, nice jacket, and he always wears a bow tie and he looks so sharp. Mm-hmm. And I love getting to see a man look that way. Yeah. I once was in, this is going to sound really pompous. I don't mean it that way. One time I was in an airport and there was a guy and I knew where he was going because we were on the same flight and I knew, so I knew where he'd come from. I knew where he was going. It was like a two hour flight. Okay. So it's not like he had just flown in from Cambodia or something. (laughs) And he had Superman pajama bottoms on with flip flops. And he was with his family. It's not like he was just like a bachelor flying by himself. And I thought, good sir. (laughs) No, could we, I'm, I'm, could pompous. we tighten that up you a bit? You can call me pompous because that is unacceptable. I felt that I'm, way. I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> that is unacceptable grown man behavior. That was my thought. Like if uh, you're a no. 13 year old boy, even still, I'm kind of like, yeah. Um, but I also don't know. Cause I'm my, 
my ideas are very skewed right now because I have so much Outlander going in. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> like had he been in a kill exactly like <laughs> with his sporan. <laughs> I can't tell what's real anymore. There's so much, but I just look, I just don't, I don't even like really seeing guys in shorts. I don't need to see guys in shorts with your toes and no, no thanks. But that's just, yeah, I know that then I'm really moving into the offensive category, but whatever. No, I, um, Um, we all need a reason and women too. like bring out your cocktail dress, put on your pearls, wear your high heels. Like we are. It's an opportunity. And you know, when people dress like that, dang it, they feel better. <laughs> they feel they better. better. They act better. They do. They yeah. do. I one time had a guy visit our house. I'm not going to say what his name was. He did not have any shoes or socks on. I mean, he'd taken them off and he put his feet up on the couch while he was there on the throw pillows. And I was just like, listen, I am not like, I am not a germaphobe or like, I've got kids. It's not that big of a deal. But you're a grown ass man. You take your feet <laughs> off my pillow. Like, come on. Have some poise. Have some like ha- decorum. Have just some a, a little decorum would be great. Just discuss just a little. Just maybe don't put mm-hmm. your bare feet up on my pillows. Okay. <laughs> when we were uh when we so right before all this COVID crazy hit, we I think I've mentioned this. We made it to Disney World by the skin of our teeth. Seriously. We got home and they shut it down like six days later, our first family, full, complete family vacation ever. When we were getting ready to go, Aiden was wondering what to wear on the plane. So the girls, Amelie and Juliet, are the only ones that have traveled when they came with Mm -hmm. me to see you. And they were stunned at what they saw in the airport as far as attire goes. Like when you have little girls saying like, why is that person in their pajamas? <laughs> like, I don't know. They've made bad life decisions. <laughs> I'm teasing you guys. So I'm teasing. They were trying to reassure Aiden, like, look, <laughs> no matter what you do, you're going to look great. It's going to be okay. You can wear jeans and a sweatshirt. You'll be yep. fine. <laughs> it was so funny. Yep. Oh, I know. It, that's, that is an entirely other new episode. They were they, that and they were, they warned all the children, whatever you can do to eat before you get to Right. Because <laughs> nothing is grosser. They like sat down and they were trying to like help them understand mm-hmm. you don't want to eat at an airport restaurant. Mm-hmm. Nope. You don't. It's, My little snacks. I know. At least they can make pasta. At least they can make pasta. <laughs> oh, well, we hope this conversation about nothing has been super helpful to you. <laughs> Dear listeners, super helpful for nothing. <laughs> Hope your dishes Listen, are done. Your laundry is folded. We're good at something and it's just not being mm-hmm. productive sometimes. Just talking about what we want to talk about. I'm fine with that. All right. So I'm going to go over to Patreon and I'll take a picture yes. of the green Please onions. Please do. And Shay's going to. Oh, and then tomorrow's Friday. Yeah, that's what I was just so going to say. Gonna ultra, feminine. ultra feminine Friday. I didn't forgot to participate. Yeah, you did. Week. Come I on. looked nice, by the way. I just forgot to take So for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, and probably not that many of you have lasted this long into the podcast because we're 10 minutes over. So sorry. Are we are really? challenging our listeners to Ultra oh. Feminine Friday on Instagram. Hashtag Ultra Feminine Friday. And if you don't follow us yet on Instagram, go follow us at Homemaker Chic Podcast. Now, I've got some questions about this. Does this mean I have to wear a dress? Does this mean I have to wear makeup? No. No. Because feminine is going to look different for all of us. 
what makes you feel feminine? What makes you feel good? I think Angela, last week you talked about if I'm out gardening and this is my, you know, I've taken a little extra care to feel really good, whatever that means for gardening for me, share that. Yeah. If it's your favorite ball cap while you're cleaning out the horse stalls, fine. Show us. We want to see it. Yes, we do want to see it. So do that and then make sure to go and show some love to our sponsors, jovialfoods.com, americanblossomlinens.com. And of course, a massive thank you as always to our patrons over on Patreon. If you haven't gone there yet, go visit us, patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast. And check the show notes because that's where you'll see the link so you can uh, get your dry farm wines. Oh, yes. Just like Shay yes, and yes, I. Yes. That link will be in the yes. show notes as well. And Shay, we have a um, live stream we need to oh, do. Oh, yeah. That's next week. Yes. Yes. Okay. So join us over on Patreon so you can be a part of our next live stream because that's a riot. Yes. What's next for you in the line of to-dos today? Podcast I am recorded. Going to podcast recorded. Check. I just realized I didn't put enough deodorant on. So I'm going <laughs> to fix that problem. <laughs> I've got the podcast recording sweats <laughs> sitting here. It's scarier <laughs> than you guys realize. It is scary. I'm going to review a term paper that a 14-year-old has written. Yeah, baby. And uh, apparently I'm going to take some pictures of my summer. Yes, please do that. Mm -hmm. And you? I don't know. (laughs) I don't need that kind of pressure, frankly, from you. Okay. (laughs) Cue the music. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, Frank, thanks for being here. Thank you, Frank. Yes, we love you all. And we'll see you Monday. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.